You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Uh, we're a bunch of pastors across Jackson-ish, uh, and we uh, Rick Rick's on the ish side, but uh, we thought we'd get together. Uh, we've been meeting ever since uh, coronavirus and quarantine started. Uh, we're a part of what we call the Jackson Pastors Network, and we've just been trying to talk like, hey, what are you doing? Because we have no idea what we're doing. Andy actually set all this up, and then he was like, we should do this every week. And we're all like, we really need this every week because we have no idea. <laughs> Where to go from here? So since all that started, uh, we've been meeting and chatting every week, stealing each other's ideas, and right now I'm stealing all their their thoughts for my own message, so I can just skip having to do anything. Uh, <laughs> which I'll send you guys a video if you want to do the same thing. Um, so we're gonna chat a little bit and just kind of see what quarantine and coronavirus has been like for us, and what we're hoping for you in this time. Um, but before we get to that. Let's do some introductions. Everyone may not uh, know who you guys are, so um, let's uh, start with Andy, which is this way on my Zoom call. All right, yeah, so my name's Andy Merritt, and I'm the lead pastor of River Tree Church uh, out on Lansing Ave. And what's a little bit of like the context for your church too, sorry. Oh, so we are a, uh, we're, we're a church plant from uh, Encounter Church out on Robinson Road. And so we've been, uh, we've been in existence for about 13 years now. And um, I don't know what else, what other information would you like? You're by a, a train. We, we are by a train and a sewage treatment plant. <laughs> and on really special days, the wind blows just right from the sewage treatment plant onto our property. Those are good days. Mm, beautiful. Awesome. Uh, and then Anna. Yeah, uh, my name is Anna Zenz, and I'm the high school pastor at Jack's Naz Church um, on M50 Clinton Road. And um, yeah, so I've been on staff there for the past couple of years, and we're a large Nazarene church uh, in the Northwest community. And then Rick. Hi, I'm Rick Hilborn, and I, uh, I've been the senior pastor at Cross Point Church down in Brooklyn, Michigan for the last almost three years. And uh, I've uh, been there in a youth ministry capacity that I'm still at. We're a church that's about 40 years old, uh, and we're kind of out in the country. We're across the street from Michigan International Speedway. So two times a year, we actually can't have church on a Sunday because they reroute all the traffic away from our building. So we just do it on Saturday night, and uh, it's, it's really exciting to be able to just be a part of uh, a community that is very different down in the Brooklyn area. So um, I've done mostly more uh, urban type ministry. And so this is interesting. So. So you're more used to closing down from pandemics than the rest of us are because you're <laughs> MIS getting in the way. <laughs> we can hear them all the way in Jackson sometimes. So. I consider that a pandemic. Uh, I'm Jamin. I pastor 12 Way Greenwood Church, downtown Jackson. Uh, we're currently trying to come up with an idea to have a different kind of church every week that reaches a different kind of community. 
um, sorry, every day of the week, they reach a different kind of community. At the moment, we have dinner church on Sunday nights, uh, which reaches a very mixed crowd and also uh, a very easy way to help the homeless and impoverished around us. And then Monday nights is nerd church, which they've done very well during quarantine because everything they do is already online. So numbers there have been pretty steady. Uh, but obviously with the absence of dinner, that one's been interesting. Um, so yeah, so we're all going through uh, quarantine right now. Actually, I feel like we're going through two things, and this is where it's complicated for me is I, I realize this more, and so I'm going to have us speak to each one individually. But we're going through, we're going through uh, quarantine, which is this you know, subject of like loneliness and, and fear and not knowing when you're getting out again, and you know, the list goes on and on. But then you're also going through coronavirus, which is kind of like this anxiety and these stats and whatnot. So um, I think we can speak to each one of these individually, though obviously there's going to be a lot overlapping. So I'm just curious first, what you guys wish that your congregations knew um, about quarantine or what would you hope to be teaching them about that in this time or, or wish that they would know? We, uh, I can kind of jump in. Oh, I'm sorry, Anna. You go ahead. You go ahead. Turn us off. <laughs> we uh, are going through the Book of Romans, and an interesting uh, just part of the process uh, that we've been going through is the fact that when it comes to the governing authorities, we are told to respect them, and um, in fact, I believe wholeheartedly that our view of authority, and if we're willing to submit to authority that God allowed to be in place, it really coincides with kind of a, a measure of how much we're willing to submit to God's authority. Um, rebellion is a very dangerous thing. Uh, in Moses's time, there was a rebellion that rose up against his leadership and the ground literally opened up and swallowed that rebellion whole. <laughs> and so one thing that we have been really trying to communicate is trusting God sometimes uh, takes us into a place that isn't necessarily comfortable for us. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, but even in that place of letting God be in control even means that you can take a step back and find peace, his peace, by just understanding that he's got this. He's going to carry you through this. Um, there's not going to be this measure of what you can worry about, what you can rise up against, what you can um, accomplish that is somehow going to be a bigger thing than what God is going to do. And so that's been a really big thing for myself and, and for some of our people in our church. And that's uh, just really, we want to honor God by honoring even those that are put in authority by him over us. And so that's, that's a big piece. I know um, that's one part where um, you can kind of settle some of that frustration and angst that rises up in you. Um, there's little you can do about the coronavirus itself. And so, again, just trusting God. But the way you react to things 
is always in your court. And so that's one piece that we really want our people to just look at it and say, okay, do you trust God? Then just take rest and in, in peace in what he's doing. Yeah. So I'm really glad you started us off there. Um, in speaking about the quarantine specifically, um, I think because my propensity, and this is where I'm going to go, my propensity is always to try to figure out like, um, like I find myself in a situation that I don't have control over and I quickly, sometimes almost too quickly jump to like, what is the value that we can see in this time, <laughs> right? And that's tricky, especially now, because this time is not something that I would wish or plan or um, desire to be. And yet, um, I think what I've been trying, because the, the news is so loud and our fear is so loud and um, all of that sort of what we're missing out on that feeling is so loud that I think I've been trying to guide us as a community in our high school ministry toward like, okay, what can we do with this time? Like in this unideal scenario, like the reality is, is that God is not panicked, um, that he still is sovereign and that he is still speaking truth and life admission into us right so not only can he bring us peace but he can also continually set us on mission and I found that in my own life over and over through this time that there's times when all of that anxiety um, and reality becomes so loud and again he kind of calms my spirit enough to bring me peace and then quickly it's followed by being set on mission um, and so how are we set on mission during a time when we can't go anywhere, right? And I think um, so much of that happens with our intentionality in the way that we connect with the people around us and love the people around us, but also it happens in our ability and the time that we have to invest in our relationship with Jesus, um, to focus in on what it means to trust him during this time. Um, I had a student say she feels like she's hearing God's voice for the first time because she has the time to spend with him and she's choosing to do that. And so it still follows that it's our choice of what do we do with this time. Um, and so if he's inviting us in, how do we receive that invitation? And so been in a series talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, and I talked about how do we get to know the voice of the Holy Spirit is we get to know Jesus. And so Jesus told his disciples that um, they would bear witness about him, that the spirit would come and bear witness about him and that they would bear witness about him because they had been with him. Um, and so in our, we understand who Jesus is and we're growing in our understanding of who Jesus is and who we are in light of him. How can we both live in that and then share that with those around us, even creatively, <laughs> you know, during this time, um, where we have to be on mission in a different way uh, than normal. Because <laughs> nothing is normal right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, you, you, you guys put it so well already. I think, um, I think the thing that, um, that, I, that I really hope that I'm communicating to, to our people and that, that followers of Jesus are latching onto is, um, when, whenever, whenever the church is scattered throughout history, it thrives. 
anytime there is a moment where um, where things are just are turned on their head, the church doesn't die out. It actually begins to spring up in new forms. And you see this in um, the, the early, early church when uh, Jesus had told them, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Don't go until the Holy Spirit comes. Well, the Holy Spirit comes and then they just stick there in Jerusalem. And it takes the stoning of Stephen and persecution breaking out for this message to then spread. And um, I think we've seen this, this moment where, um, you know, we can't gather in our buildings. We've been scattered, but, but church is not, church isn't canceled. And this mess, the message of hope is more readily available than, uh, than, than ever before. And so um, I've just, um, I've been encouraged by that as we as we've gone through this i think the other piece is um we've been this this is what you've been training for so we 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 come together and we talk about god being our provider and we talk about uh the the peace of god that passes all understanding we we talk about all of these things and usually maybe there's a family or two families in the congregation that are really wrestling with that need that in that moment but right now everybody needs this and needs to just be reminded that this is this is what you've been training for for years and years and years and years and now it's the opportunity and i opportunity i guess in in quotes it's not opportunity that we any of us would have chosen but we have this opportunity to really put these things that we've talked about that we've prayed about that we've hashed around in 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 in, in classes and listened to sermons on and sung about for years and years for it to be lived out and so um I just think that there's a lot of opportunity in this, in this moment. Yeah. And to that, you know, uh, the Bible says that pastors are there to equip the church, not to be the church. And I think a few of us talked about that in the early quarantine weeks was like, what do we do? And it was like, how do we keep every last thing in place? And then a lot of us realized like, that's not entirely our job. We've been preparing for this moment for, uh, you know, for Jesus to to be working through the gifts and through the spirit and all of us to to bring us together. So right now, like we're forced, again, he was saying like to be the church, each one of us, we don't, we don't get to wait for one moment each week where we can pull that off, you know? Uh, now, I just think all your comments were great. Uh, uh, even like uh, what Rick was saying, like respecting the government, things like that. We just finished at our church a series on revelation, which you know, when it comes to the government, it's like, come out of her, my church. You know, it's like, in many ways, it seems like Jamin was preparing for an uprising as he preaches through this. Um, but, uh, you know, Paul talks about uh, um, basically saying like, you know, the government has things in place for justice reasons. So if she's not acting like Babylon and she's trying to be just, of course, you're going to find yourself obeying uh uh, the ideas of justice because God's a just God. And for me, that's one thing that I look at with all this, you know, like uh, they, they're hoping that people will be safe. They want uh, the desire that God has for all of us to, to live, you know, because he comes to bring abundant life, not death. And, and uh, just with all that in mind, when I see what they're doing and the cost even that it takes for them to do it, I mean, how long can you keep giving out money to, <laughs> to people to try to take care of them in this time? Yeah. I just, uh, I see that they're, they're hoping for, um, for justice and for, for hope in this time. So 
uh, it seems like an easy kind of way to partner. And the same with Anna, just seeing cool stories come out of this that like I would have never seen otherwise or expected to see. You know, I've I heard uh, there's um, someone I know who's had really tough time with this other person and uh, you would think something like quarantine would just like infuriate that all the more and make it worse, you know, but instead they're actually like making food for the other person, taking it to them, loving on them in times where you wouldn't expect them to, to even consider that. So it's just cool to see like walls drop and just uh, loving a neighbor or in some cases, even an enemy and in, in times like this. So, um, so that, that was kind of, we mostly stayed on like, how do we feel we want the church to learn? What do we want church to learn during quarantine? Is there anything like coronavirus where you're like, I would just add this point, like what I hope you learn in the midst of that? Um, early on, uh, one thing that uh, I saw a couple people who are much wiser than I, you know, posted the fact that Spurgeon led a church during a time of great disease. Um, you know, we've, we've had times where there's been pandemics all across the world, and there has been um, just this process of church still um, being the church and, and being the light of the world, even during those very difficult, dark times. And so that was, um, I guess, in, in a weird way, that brought me uh, kind of a comfort that a lot of times with circumstances, you feel like you're the only one who's ever gone through this, who is the first, you know, pioneer of, um, you know, like a, a, I, I saw posts where people had said, you know, uh, pardon me, but I've never been a pastor during a pandemic before. And I, I get that. I totally get that. And while I had feelings like that, I also, I drew some comfort from the fact that there have been godly men and women who have led through pandemics before me. And there was still this beautiful truth that God sustained the church. And in fact, the, the light shined brightly during that time. And so that, you know, when it comes to that piece of it, you know, just to, um, just to take some comfort in the, in the fact that you're not alone uh, you're not the first, you're not the only, um, but God is, is providing just as he always has. He's always been faithful. He will always be faithful. Yeah. You know, I, I think everybody's hit by it differently. I've got, uh, that's where it's hard for me. Cause as far as like what coronavirus has done to our house, it's been like more family time. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, more work on, on my part to try to kind of do things. But like my wife who can never seem to get a break from work has now had like a month and a half, almost two months by the end of this of just rest, even if we're stranded at the house. So it's confusing. Cause on one hand I've, I've heard some people be like, this has actually been an okay time. And I feel bad for that, you know? And then on the other hand, I've got homeless people who can't, find a place to stay now the outside is more dangerous and 
And, uh, you know, if you were sent a stimulus check, where on earth would it go? You don't have a place to get it or a bank account to put it in. Uh, so there's just like varied elements here where some people are like, I feel bad, but this has been all right. And then others who are like, this is awful. You know, it's like worse than ever. What do I do? Uh, and we've had in Jackson, you know, like the, the shelter had to lock up on lockdown because Corona had found its way in there. So they had to wait for that to dissipate before they could open back up. So you just add on more elements. And, and I think that's where the church starts to try to shine by saying like, we see all these things and we're trying to step in to, to help. But uh, yeah, to some extent, like there's this kind of hard clash between for some, it's very easy. And for others, it's not at all. Uh, and um just in the midst of all of that, you know, it's hard to say, like, just trust in God, regardless of where you are. He's here. He's watching. He's still in control. Um, but I think one of the things I've been thinking with coronavirus, I was thinking about this the other day, and this is, again, partially because we got through the book of Revelation. But it seems like when all these really tough times came in, part of the way that I saw Revelation phrasing it was like it, it wasn't... Uh, um, and I'm not saying Corona is one of those plagues or anything. That's, that's not my point. <laughs> um, but it almost seems like it's like the absence of God in those moments. Uh, like uh, when some of these angels of death come in and like are destroying everything, like the thing that you almost notice is like God had been holding them back the whole time. They're like rabid dogs that wish they could have got out a lot sooner, you know? Uh, so if you feel in times like this, where you're like, God, where are you? I think the Bible kind of joins you in that to say, you know, uh, that that may actually be an appropriate way to kind of process this. Because when things go wrong and we wonder where God is, it's it reminds us that when things are going well, it's because God's the one who holds everything together, you know, and we can rest in that. And so when times are hard, we like look back even at those moments, be like, thank you for holding the world together so much more than I realize. <laughs> because when it starts to fall apart, that's when I'm like, you know. God, I really need you right now. And I think that's a good reminder to all of us. Likewise, if you need something, you should probably contact your church so that they can help you out uh, <laughs> or uh, just a church as a whole. Um, I know we've all kind of been open to like, if there's ways that we can partner with each other, let's do that. Um, a, a bunch of us have run different food banks. I know Compassionate Ministries of Jackson has like partnered with so many churches to run different food banks. So uh, we do our best to to kind of come together however we can uh, to help each other in this time. Uh, so I'm just curious, you know, for our church, we moved. For me, I try to remember the church should be doing three things, right? Communion with God, community with each other, and commission, reaching out uh, and serving. Um, that was a struggle for me when quarantine set in because I'm like, I can continue to offer Sunday services, but like, that's just teaching, you know, <laughs> like part of the reason we did dinner church was because we put the commission element into it. We'll serve dinner so that people will, will come and then we can teach after that. Now that just got pulled right out under my feet. And now um, I can do is like, I can offer you teaching online and I can make a polished video, but like maybe people are watching this and think like, wow, these these are pretty well done. These are cool. I almost would rather just do this than go back to church. You know, but for me, I'm just like, if all I can offer you is like a message every week, like we're not doing church. How do we get the community element in here if we can't 
touch another person? <laughs> and how do we get the um, commission element in here if, if we can't gather together to do these things? So we found things like food banks and delivering food and things like that for commission. Um, and I've been encouraging everyone to like figure out how to serve your neighbors in this time. Um, but what about you guys? Like, how do you balance this? What's, what's been your plan during quarantine to try to continue being the church in the midst of all that? I, I don't want to always go first, but I, I will. <laughs> um, for us, it's, it's been a struggle. Uh, we have produced a lot of content, uh, which I think has been good because it's, it has been encouraging. It's been uh, a process of connection, um, but really community uh, has not been something that has been happening. And part of it is, you know, community really consists, I believe, of the church not only gathering together, but also serving together, fellowshipping together, um, mourning with those who mourn, finding joy together. Um, and we've, we've, that's been hijacked per se. And uh, one of my favorite professors uh, where I went to college, uh, Chuck White, he used an illustration about the Sea of Galilee coming down the Jordan River. The banks of the Jordan River are lush and beautiful. And the Dead Sea, where all of that resource pools up and ends, nothing grows, nothing lives. And at this time, I feel like I'm just, we're doing our best to like feed that, <laughs> that pooling of resources, that pooling of content, and our people don't necessarily have those avenues to have that continue to um, flow out of them. And it's out of the overflow in Christ that we're to serve. Um, and those avenues have just not been there. And so that's been a, a difficult piece because I feel even when we get together and do Zoom small groups and we do Zoom youth group and uh, different ministries like that, that full piece of community has been difficult to really facilitate for everybody. And so that's, um, that's been the hardest part for us because, uh, you know, really we, the reason why we put content out is not for information. It's for transformation. It's for the process of God's word doing something and changing something within you, not just so that you know more. That's, we don't want that to happen. We want you to be renewed and, and um, begin to live that new life um, and just learning about that you know, new life, but not actually taking steps in that new life um, is, is something that does a little bit keep me up at night. <laughs> I, I want to know like, okay, how do I do this for our people? How do I help those next steps? So that's why I come to you guys because you're smarter than me. And so you guys will answer all those questions and we'll be able to just figure that out. Yeah. I, uh, I said this to my wife um, a couple of days ago. I said, I feel like I feel like my entire industry has changed. <laughs> like, like that I was, I mean, the equivalent of being a grocer and now all of a sudden it's a, it's a, a, a theater manager or something like, like, like everything that I do is totally different and been turned on its head. And, and, and something that I'm processing 
inside is that I think that's going to be a long-term shift, that it's not just a, well, we've, we've been through this month or two and there was, there was this immediate, you know, the first month was, oh my word, we just have to figure all this out. And, you know, it was just all of the technical details of trying to make sure we did have something online and that, that it looked halfway decent and um, doing all of that very immediately. And there wasn't time really to process the other things. And now that we're in this space and we're looking, looking forward, I guess the, the first thing is, um, I've had to just have some grace for myself <laughs> in that we can't do all of these things. I mean, that, that um, right now I write a, a message and then it takes an entire other day of my time to record the message. <laughs> and yesterday I recorded my message three times for Sunday because I had focus issues each time. I mean, the whole thing, preached the whole thing in front of the cameras three times before I finally got it in the can. And, uh, and now there's, now there's editing and then there's, I mean, this, everything takes twice as long right now. And so there's this, there's this immediate right now, keeping some, some wheels going, but also understanding that, that, that it's, this is not the ideal. And that, that as we move forward, now we have to figure out what it looks like for, to, to regain some of that community. And so for us, I mean, we've done, we've done online Zoom drop-in times where we've just had myself or, or other members of our leadership team just available to connect. We're looking at a phased re-entry plan, and one of the first phases is going to be um, small, just uh, uh, viewing groups where you're gonna you're gonna have a, you know another family over to your home, and you'll start to engage with the, the gatherings just with, a, with, with one or two other families, just to begin to start to rebuild that, uh, rebuild that community. And I, you know what, I don't have any good answers for this um, long-term because I do think it's going to be, um, I think that we've experienced a shift that where things aren't going to be the way that they were before. And, um, and I don't know that I know exactly what that's gonna mean and how we can, um, we can regain some of this communal peace that we've that we've lost. Yeah, it's uh, well. First of all, trying to celebrate what is happening through online ministry, right, is one thing. So, like, we are. This is completely shifted, and yet at the same time, the gospel is going into homes that we may have never reached the gospel with, with just our brick and mortar buildings. Right. Um, and so seeing the fruit of that. So like our, um, our creative director at our church is heavily involved with um, the church online platform. And so he's kept tabs on the celebration that is happening in this, he calls it an online revival. Um, but what's difficult is even though we're seeing that in little pieces of that, it's not, um, often tangible to us, like there's no feedback loop, right? And so that's been the difficult thing for me of just being able to um, send out information sort of into this void. And so any any feedback that comes back, I'm so grateful for it and kind of closes the circuit of community and communion, I think. Um, and I'm experiencing a similar thing to what you were talking about, Andy, where we kind of set something in terms of youth ministry, set some things in place to sustain us for a time. And then there was a definite shift of like, okay, now it feels like we're in phase two. And so how do we steward best um, the ability 
to use the resources that we have to bring people into community, to not just continue to fill their um, their minds with truth, but also to bring them into community where they can speak that over each other. So we're kind of on the cusp of heading into that next phase now, and I'm super grateful for a team of volunteers that has stayed committed through all of this um, to continue to meet and figure out how to best steward our ministry. Um, and so I'm excited to put them back into a position of leadership with students, even if it's virtually for the time. So. Uh, and to that, I am curious, like what has been the hardest part for you as a pastor? Uh, if you do want to share that mine's the same as Anna's it's the intangibility of everything, you know, like usually on a Sunday night, like I'll finish a service and like, regardless of whether I've made people angry or happy, <laughs> I can look around and tell, you know, uh, right now it's just it's everything's intangible, you know, like I, I have these stats as to what's happening, but even those don't measure out well. If it's like, whoa, we had 5,000 viewers tonight for three seconds for each one of them, you know, like it's, it's intangible. It's, there's nothing you can really do with any of that. So that's, that's been part of the difficult part that and trying to establish community uh, in the midst of quarantine, which we've gotten some online platforms. We use discord for people to chat and that's, shown some more progress the last few weeks but um but otherwise you know uh just i think the distance that we all feel I, at least for me as a pastor like i feel that as well because our job is to work with people <laughs> and now that's that's as far away from being tangible as as it probably could be in this time uh do you guys have any extras you wanted to add in there or There's a, there's a piece, uh, a lot of us uh, that are pastors are extroverts. And so while those of us that maybe are introverts that are pastors, this is, this is probably like a breath of fresh air. This is like a, a sabbatical in ways. Um, but for those of us that are pretty big extroverts, I'm actually rejuvenated by being with groups of people. And um, the the piece of uh, really being with others, um, it's just not been able to be there, you know, because it's just not the same when you're, uh, you've got a, a piece of glass in between you and another person. Uh, it's like a prison call all of a sudden. Um, and the, I think, you know, the, the process of many of us as pastors wanting to know, okay, what do those phases look like as we do get to come back? Um, you know, how do we do that appropriately for our congregation, the space that we have? Um, how do we uh, lead leaders during this time? That was a big part of, uh, you know, when this first happened, that was my biggest question. How do I lead leaders so that it really is, you know, I am training and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Like I'm really actually doing that rather than trying to do all the ministry myself. Um, so there's, there's been uh, just a, a part of this that is taxing, I guess you would say uh, it's been um, not necessarily like physically or even necessarily emotionally or spiritually draining necessarily, but I feel um, mentally drained at times. I, I feel like 
all I do is sit and think. I sit and problem solve, like, okay, what's the next step? How do we connect for this person? How do we connect for that person? How do we, um, you know, <laughs> even uh, when it comes to figuring out the, those other pieces that of the ministry that we, none of us really like to do when we look at finances, when we look at, you know, how do we go through the processes um, with less resources, things like that, like that process has just been mentally draining. And um, so I say all that to say, pray for your pastor <laughs> because we'll take it. We'll, we'll take any of that prayer, take, pray for your pastor, pray for your uh, youth ministry pastors and leaders, pray for you know, each and every person that you know is still trying to uh, minister in the, in the greatest capacity that they possibly can. Um, because it's, it's tough for them. Uh, I've not heard a lot of pastors say, well, this has been easy for me, or this has been time off. I've heard a lot of pastors say, this is crazy. I, I just spend so much time trying to figure out how to solve this or that or the other thing. Um, so I would say that's, that's kind of the caveat of the difficulty for me. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I would just I would piggyback off of what Rick said, and he mentioned this earlier too, that um, you know be be gentle with your pastor. They've never pastored in a pandemic before, and it, nobody's written the book on this yet. <laughs> they didn't cover this in seminary. Like nobody ever covered what to do in case of a pandemic. And you know, if if you had told me in 2019 that at the beginning of 2020 we would have to go totally virtual. It would have been a year long, you know, it would have spent a year in meetings and strategizing and, and, and equipment building and, and, you know, all of these things. And all of a sudden it was something that happened absolutely at the drop of a hat. And, um, and so everything that, that we are doing, there's no, nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> it's the bottom line. And so we're all just trying to figure it out, do our best. And, and it does, like Rick said, it just takes a lot more mental and emotional energy to, to figure it all out. And, and, you know, here, as we look at, at re-entry, I know that, you know, 50% of the people aren't going to agree with whatever it is that we do. <laughs> and so I think there was, there was consensus in, oh man, we, yeah, we got it. We got to shut down. And now we're entering this point where you're going to have, we're going to have a lot of people that, that want to start getting back together and others that don't want to start getting back together. And, um, there's going to be, um, uh, the, you know, it's, there's, there's these re-entry strategies that we're all working on and processing and praying over. And again, there's no, there's no book on it. The book will be written two years from now. And then, you know, we'll, we'll sit, we'll, we'll sit idle for another hundred years before there's another global pandemic like this. But, um, I think that has been the hardest thing for me is after being in ministry for a lot of years, I feel like I kind of had, had a good bead on how to handle most things. And this has been just totally off the charts and, and there was, there was no expert to turn to. It's all been just, okay, okay. What are, what are you doing? And what are you doing? And what are you doing? Oh, that didn't work. Okay. I won't do that. And um, just trying to, to make my way through the weeds has been, I think the hardest thing. I think the other thing that has been difficult too on a pastoral end is not receiving that feedback. But the reason why that's difficult is because I love walking with people. Like that's why I'm a pastor. Right. Um, and so not only sometimes 
when there's that feedback, but then when there is feedback to know that the feedback is, um, you know, sitting across the zoom screen and realizing like, even if these people say they're doing well, like knowing that well is very relative to this pandemic that we're all experiencing and the tension that we're all holding. Um, and so it's difficult not to be able to do anything to relieve that for them or change their circumstance or help point them to something that would change their circumstance because we're just in the time that we're in. Um, and so something that I've been trying to um, hold is that tension. So like in studying spiritual formation, um, something that my cohort at that time that we would say to each other is to hold the tension. Um, because the reality is, is we all want to get out of a place of tension. Um, but in holding the tension loosely and then offering it up to God, like growth happens and spiritual formation happens. Um, and so we're in a time where we're all sort of holding this collective tension and we're in a time where by consequence of quarantine, like a lot of deconstruction is happening on our um, perspective on life and what matters and where we place our value and where we get our identity and like all of these things that are happening in concert with all of this accelerated spiritual formation that's happening in concert with, with also the fact that there's a pandemic happening at the same time. Right. Um, and so I've been trying to trust the Holy spirit to do what I cannot. Um, to walk with people closely because what happens when we hold the tension in the midst of deconstruction is reconstruction happens. Like what happens when God's in the equation is like he builds something beautiful um, that we could have never imagined or planned or um, anticipated. And so I've been trying to do the hard pastoral work of letting go and trusting God to continue to do what he does best so yeah i think uh i'm i'm just there with all of you and i think if there's one thing if any of you out there are stressed out like oh, i don't know why my pastor is doing what he's doing or, or where they're going you know i had i ran into someone that i don't really know well at all the other day just began unloading on me everything that I should be doing right now <laughs> and what I should be headed towards. And I'm like, do you think I have not spent any time considering over any of this at all? You know, like <laughs> this is my job. Like <laughs> every, every day, this is all we're like, where are we headed? What are we going to do? And we make new plans and then we're told that, that everything shifted again. And now we have to erase all those old plans. We spent weeks on start all over again. And, readjust so i think you can see within uh even just this conversation like this is this is something that we're all currently constantly working on and trying to figure out where we're headed from here uh and i've got plenty more questions that i could ask but we are getting towards the end of our time uh with our usual time slot i would love to hear more of the cool stories that have come out of this time as that's been the mad irony i think for me out of all this is check out these testimonies that have happened in the midst of pandemic, you know? Um, but you guys have shared quite a few of those too. And so it's just been cool to hear. Um, really appreciate what you all are doing and for chatting with us about this today. Uh, there's going to be a few ways to access kind of our conversation. Uh, one, I'm just going to put it right into our Sunday service this week so that people can kind of hear outside of our own church, like how this is working Two, I'll have this video just kind of posted on social media 
if uh, you find it helpful at all. And then I'm going to take the audio and throw it on our podcast, which in case you guys want that at all, either you can use that. Uh, so that'll give people a space to kind of um, hear what we're going through. And our network's a little bigger. We usually have some other pastors join us, but uh, today a lot of people are running into other things that they have to do or, or you know, uh, spouses have their own Zoom meetings at the same time, which is interesting new things to work out in our lives. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys, what you're doing. Would any of you um, like to pray us out? See, even among pastors, we don't respond to this quickly. I just, I didn't want to like be that guy that like every time <laughs> I was the first one. So, um, and uh, I've, I've known Andy Merritt for years and I actually, I would, love uh if andy you had unmuted your mic at the same time i did so i'd love if you would take that honor you you jumped in to volunteer me sure uh let's pray father we um we we pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done lord as we have had to shift how we have um how we have seen our ourselves as your people as we have had to see how we spend our time as your people and not just as as pastors but but as followers of jesus uh, throughout throughout jackson and michigan and the united states and the world lord i thank you that um that you have maybe broadened our perspective of what it means to follow you and to follow you when we can't gather and lord i thank you uh as as anna was saying just how for um how prevalent the message of your hope is and lord for all of the stories of life change that are taking place in the midst of this difficult time and for the ways that your people are stepping up and stepping out and are being your hands and your feet and lord i pray that you would continue your mission lord lord specifically here in our community i pray that that your people would continue to be uh a transformational Lord I pray that you would give us strength that you would give us wisdom Lord I pray for your protection and for your provision and Lord I pray for the, the the pastors Lord for myself and for my friends who are here on my screen and those who couldn't join us and for those who who um, who maybe we don't even really know all that well but Lord I pray that you would equip and that you would strengthen the the people who are shepherding your people here in Jackson I pray for your strength for them. I pray for your blessing on them. God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.